from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Eric Tano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a world-building, storytelling, and character creation podcast where each week, Jeff and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We take that prompt and spin it into an original fantasy world detail and use it to develop an original fantasy IP that we call The World of Fantasy. And it's the best show on the internet. Yeah, um, and this week is no exception, but first, we start with a little chit-chat. And Jeff, I want to know what's getting you excited this week. Dying to know. Uh, I watched some really good wrestling last night. Uh, it was a great show, top to bottom. I'm feeling really jazzed up about about uh, wrestling and storytelling. And How did The Undertaker do? Did The Undertaker defeat Mankind once he and did. for all? He did. He did. He put him down. Oh, he's dead? Mankind yeah, yeah, has he, been yeah, he finally died. murdered? <laughs> But doesn't the Undertaker in the store, in the lore, have the power to bring people back to life, or does he come back to life? Uh, he comes back to life. I don't believe he can bring others back to life. He may Not have yet. that. He is a zombie. Like he, we have seen him be buried in a coffin and come back to life. Also, one time lightning hit the coffin and he came back to life. I've seen the famous GIF of him <laughs> rising out of a coffin. I've used that several times for yeah. letting people know that I have been. Oh, I am awake. <laughs> I think okay. he's retired now. That's a shame. Maybe I want him to keep wrestling till he's like in his eighties. Uh, I mean, there's a non-zero chance it all it's happening. Uh, I know. I, I don't want to get into the politics of WWE, but they've done some horrifying, awful things, and part of that involves wheeling out the Undertaker's semi-retired, mostly dead body to, to wrestle more. Oh it's no, it's depressing. Undertaker, no. <laughs> but I'm glad that that's not what you were watching. No. It's got you fired up. No. Yeah, no, no, no. God. Is Stone no. Cold still wrestling? Stone Cold does not still wrestle. Uh, <laughs> he formally retired. Thank gosh. You know, thank bless us all. The Rock is not technically retired. He has no. not wrestled in years. But like, so, so the deal is that The Rock is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. What? Why? He's a uh, listener. By the way, I know very little about wrestling outside of like uh, NWO Warzone or something, that game, and then uh, a game on PS1. So <laughs> the deal is that, that to begin in the in the WWE Hall of Fame, you have to be a retired wrestler. Like you can't be in it and be an active wrestler at the same time. And so uh, The Rock refuses to retire. Like, he hasn't wrestled in several years. He hasn't wrestled since, I think, 2019 might have been his last wrestling. Seriously? That, That's like when Ballers was on TV. He was still wrestling? I'm looking up what his last match was proper. He was still rock-bottoming. He was still people-elbowing. He was still, uh, he doesn't say, you can't see me. He says, Rudy Poo candy ass, as I no, believe. Sorry, 2013 was his final match. Was his, <laughs> okay, like, last, like, proper match. I was like, yo, 2019. <laughs> like, he did wrestle in 2016 briefly. He, like, had a segment where somebody came out and fought him, and then he beat, rock bottomed them and beat them. But, like, mm-hmm. he hasn't formally had a match since 2013, but... There's a chance. He refuses to say, I am retired, because if he does that, like, he'd be able to get into the Hall of Fame, but he would have to say, I am retired, and he does not like closing that door and saying, I could not go back to wrestling if I wanted to. 
That's funny because I am convinced that Black Adam has his announcement that he's returning to the ring. I it, it's, it's gonna it, he'll get on a microphone hat like there's gonna be an intermission where he announces it. Oh no, it's part of the plot where he's oh. like, "Psych, I'm not Black Adam. I'm the Rock. I am <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and I'm here to announce that this film is a ruse. It is a sham, and I'm announcing that I'm getting back in the ring so that I can rock bottom my enemies." <laughs> Aaron, what's getting you excited this week? Also, I just want to say AEW Full Gear was fantastic. Top top show, top tier show. Uh, the culmination of years of storytelling really, truly uh, stuck the landing on like a two-year-long storyline that felt great to watch. Really well done. Uh, and it's got me jazzed up. Aaron, what's got you excited this week? Um, I So one of my friends is a Soul Cycle instructor, the bike cult. Um, and, but she's like a musical theater person and does this as a survival job. So she's like, why don't you try a bike class? And I'm like, no, because I don't like those. I don't like classes. I don't like people yelling, but here's the twist. I found out that this is outdoors under a tent and you wear headphones that you can hear the microphone and the music through. Mm. I had an amazing time because I sat in the back corner away from like everyone and it was just a lovely time. And my, my point is... Trusting in people is an important thing, and that's what's getting me excited. Where I was like, I, I had a great time, and it listened to really like fun, silly music. And like, I rode a bike, you know, you get all sweaty, whatever. That's not important. But it's something where I was like, I'm sorry, I put so little faith in you. Like, I I put like the preconceived notion about like bike cults classes above my friendship of this person, and I realized that was a folly. So it's something I'm going to enjoy, especially going for free, riding a bike, spacing out, listening to music. It's going to be great. And I, I said on Twitter that I want one day that when I go to a con, I want my quads and ass to break a chair when I run a panel. And I think this is the best course of action. I like so that. So it's getting me excited this week. Just like starting something new that I shit on previously and like judged as like, it, I was having the very, you know, remember sports ball when people used to say that shit? Yeah. I was yeah, having yeah. a very sports ball reaction to it and was like, oh, this is great. It just depends on who's teaching it at the helm. And this yeah. is a friend. I can trust but anyway, let's get to the prompts, Jeff, because I'm excited about this week. So the prompt this week comes to us from Ace the Ace. Prompt. Take me home, Pinewood Roads, to the place I belong. And I know that's a John Denver lyric from the famous song. However, what do you want to touch? Do you have an initial pitch? I got some ideas in my head, some touchstones that I want to throw out. And then I kind of just want to see where we where we go where we, where we go bouncing on or off of these ideas. I know that you've thrown some stuff out in the world. I, I have kinda... indeed. So I hear Pinewood. I hear Pinewood Derby. Of course. And can you describe what that is? Uh, it is a thing that only exists in TV shows. That I, I swear that is correct. <laughs> That's why know. I was like, I'm pretty sure my understanding of what a Pinewood Derby is is very flawed. It's like when they make a wooden car. Which, by the way, is like a skill that like apparently every parent has on television. <laughs> every you parent fucking craft a car out of wood and spare parts. <laughs> it is so. I have. I think it was like a hobby in the fifties. Okay, to where like it became a TV trope, and like no one has questioned it since then. Because like I don't know anyone that has made Pinewood Derby cars. No, and I'm like looking at a site to build. I'm looking at derbydust.com and I'm looking at Pinewood Derby and like people do it, I guess, but they're, they look very small. So they're usually small, like toy sized cars 
But TV has led me to believe that motherfuckers climb into these things and are propelled down a fucking hill with their parents cheering them on. And when they ultimately lose, they learn a valuable lesson. Right. This is something that looks like it's in the scouts program. They make a fucking uh, hot wheel and push it down a ramp. Yeah. I, no, no, no. I, I want to formally <laughs> say that is not the fine wood derby that I, I am picturing. Okay. I am visualizing. Uh, if... We don't have to use this literally at all, but I, as I am picturing it, you are building a wooden car out of plywood and paint and, and wheels that a human being sits in and okay. is pushed down a hill. So, may I give you my pitch then? Because that gives me an idea. Yeah. Jeff, what in NASCAR is all over the cars? Sponsors. And when I saw Take Me Home, Pinewood Roads, To The Place, I Belong... I thought of like those old Pepperidge Farm type commercials. I also thought of Pepperidge Pinewood Roads. <laughs> remember Pinewood Roads. So I kept thinking of that old voice that's like, remember Pinewood Roads? Ah, take me home. And then I heard, <laughs> ah. like, so I'm thinking a soft drink company that places that like ties itself to Pinewood Derbies. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is the sticker. This is the, maybe the company that sponsors the, the NASCAR of Pinewood Derbies. Now, what? Th- I was going to say that is literally what we did with the last soda episode. Oh, yeah, that's correct. So, what if it's just a soda? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm bouncing around ideas. Uh, the other thing that, that pops into my head, it is difficult to talk about John Denver without talking about smoking weed. It was something that was important to him as an artist. It's in a lot of his work. It is it is present. He was a man that enjoyed that enjoyed lighting up. Yes. Thinking about the word smoking, and I'm thinking about wood, and I'm thinking about pine wood. Ah, pine wood does make pine is a soft wood. It does make a lot of smoke when you burn it because there's so much moisture in it. So, and, and I'm thinking about barbecuing. Oh, fuck me up. Yes, this is one of my passions in the world. This smoking treats over charcoal with wood mm, now yes. what so now what if instead of like race cars yeah oh it's a barbecue race it's like a barbecue grill, contest it's a, it's a grill competition and the winner is appointed i don't know secretary of the interior <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i do not i do not want this to be a political thing no, that is based this is on- not a political thing but it is a contest in fantasy based on, uh, it is, the Pinewood Derby is an event about the celebration of, <laughs> the idea of smoking meat using pine is so vile, that in the <laughs> spirit of uh, soda and stuff like that, the soda things being gross, I kind of want to lean into it, and that is the challenge here, okay. is using, using pine to smoke something. Well, I've got a pitch to pull some things together, Aaron. Okay. I'm feeling, I, I feel like... This is the early part of the episode where we kind of just throw things at a wall. Until spaghetti! We find some, we're just spaghetti, whipping spaghetti at the wall. Aaron, I got a, a pitch that I think is actually really fun. Now, you had said, you mentioned you mentioned that, that smoking, <laughs> smoking with pine is gross. It is fucking vile. It, it's <laughs> so vile. Like, the idea of eating something that has been smoked with pine wood is the vilest shit. <laughs> Now, but so now, now what I want to throw out to you, Aaron, is um, the thing you just mentioned really got my gears turning. A thing that you just said really got me, got me, got me, got me thinking about a fun way, to, a fun thing. You said that like all of our magical sodas are gross. <laughs> that is correct. 
And they are, for the record. It's for like the record, milk, they are <laughs> milk and milk and tomatoes and soda and yeah. and cardamom and red wine. Yeah, I forgot the ingredients of um of greased lightning, but I know it's not good. It's not good. So, but what I'm thinking then is, Aaron, what if like this particular pine tree, the pine tree that you find in pine wood roads, right? This this tiny like stretch of land. If you smoke, if you smoke like a, a a meat with it, or like a food with it, or a vegetable with it, if you smoke with this one particular meat, what if that imbues a very particular? Like, what if that imbues? What if like oh. like that the magic of cooking is amplified and becomes like this this magical, magical thing? Yeah. Okay. Like you can you like in the way that you impart flavor through smoke, you impart magic through smoking with this particular pine, and like the things that you add to it. Similar to soda, like the things that you add to it change the magic that come out. And so the Pinewood Derby is like partially a cook-off and partially a, a gathering and partially like a light show or a, an ice carving contest or a, a talent show. Like it is partially like I'm coming to make this delicious dish, but also I'm using a little bit of this wood to like, you know, create like a magical illusion show. And it is a kind of wizard hangout or like magical hangout like competition that is uh, you watch what people are doing with magic through the the smoking of meat and it, maybe it, maybe it isn't even literally tied to like one type of wood but it's like you find the wood combination that no one else has done because it sounds disgusting but when you do it the the meat comes out and you eat it and suddenly you're floating I have a big, big pitch on this, and I like I like this a lot. Go for it. So the Pinewood, the Pinewood Derby, the slogan for it is "Take me home, Pinewood Roads, to the place where I belong." It's it's an event that celebrates this tree, this wood in this region. Or if you, yes, if you were to try to just burn it and smoke it with meat or vegetables or tofu, whatever, tastes like dog shit. It's disgusting. However. It's all about the technique, Jeff, and it imparts a magical property to this food, right? And it's all sorts of stuff, like, you know, this one does this, and this one does this, and it's kind of, doesn't have to be so much a contest as a celebration of this practice. I love that. I really love that. And and what I want to say, building off of that, the thing that you said that I really love is, like, it imparts a very specific magical property. Yeah. I almost picture it as, like, primer paint. Yeah. I almost picture it as like as like it's not inherently like a magical thing, but it kind of like cues it up, right? Like yeah, if you course. put the primer you put primer paint on and then like it you to protect the the metal and to, to make sure the paint stays in place and that it like sticks around. So this is like you you smoke you add a little bit of this wood, a touch of this wood, and then wood and then like the magic and the other things that you're doing, right? Because making things is magic. Like, it creates the effect of, like, this is what, like, primes this piece of meat to, like, unleash magic within it. Yes. I've got a, I've got a block of tofu. I put it on this grill. I put a little bit of this, of this, of this pine wood in it. If the smoke is in, all this moisture in the smoke. And then I, I add some, I add some peppers. I add some sauce. Like, I add another kind of wood. I add a piece of charcoal. And it all comes together. And suddenly when you eat it, you can phase through walls for like 60 seconds and now what appeals to me and i'm gonna i'm gonna make a big pitch here what appeals to me is my thought is why is this happening you know what is the celebration of this kind of junk wood being used as a primer to add amazing magical effects to food 
And I think about like the origins of barbecue, which are like using smoke as a way to kill bacteria and heat, Mm -hmm. slow cooking really tough pieces of meat to make them delicious and appetizing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And it comes from usually strife a lot of times, like the idea of like, I have this piece of brisket, which is like, I can't just cook it on high heat and things like that. Let's cook it slow for 40 hours, you know, this whole pig, blah, 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 blah. And let's get some, let's get some meats out of it. Let's get some good bites. It makes me think of the people of Pine, Pinewood Derby is the place. Yeah, I, th- I think Pinewood Roads is the place. Pinewood Roads. The people of Pinewood Roads are not, it's not a place where like magic and weaponry and attack spells and, you know, there's no like warriors and fucking Pinewood Road. It's not a place where like mages hang out. It's just never been that type of place until there are threatened there's something encroaching. There's an invasion of, you know, I don't know, spider crickets, you know, cave crickets, something. Something bad happens. And so this event was begun in order to take ordinary food and use it to empower the people to defend their region from an incoming, like, onslaught of terror or fear, things like that. And they use their tradition of using their wood, their local resources to empower their food to grant them temporary abilities so that their average, you know, bakers, candlestick makers, you know, are able to rid off this thing. And now it's a celebration, a course of like history and their heritage and all these nice things. But it's a thing of like, now you said like illusions and light shows, but back in the day, it was like, Nah, man, we were threatened. We had to add magical like abilities to our food to defend where the fuck we live because it was threatened. Does that work? I wanted I, to I, introduce a villain. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to. Well, I want to pivot it a little bit. Okay. Because I think I love the idea, and I was thinking about it, and and it hit on a piece of lore that I think is really compelling. I almost don't want it to be like a singular like event. Okay. But rather. I'm thinking about the Nocturne. Oh. And I'm thinking about the, uh, what did we call it? Do we have a name? I know we had a name for like the, the Ice Age that came after that. Oh, God. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like after the Nocturne, there was a long winter, right? Like there was a, there was a, a period of ice and snow where people were like struggling to survive. Yes. Where survival was tough. And I love the idea that like that is the, or because like you said, like it comes from, I've got this piece of meat and I need to cook it for a very long time in order to make it edible. Like I'm, I am making this, and and like smoke is like antibacterial. It is like yes. a, it is like a it is like a a preservative. Like these are all things that you do. And like I'm thinking, I was thinking about all those things, and I was like, yeah, if you're living in a time where like food is scarce and like it is it is freezing cold outside, and like survival is incredibly difficult, and you, and like you are using the wood that is nearby and you smoke a thing with it to like to like make the food last longer and make this food edible and you know you you do all of these things and then along the way you're like oh and also this has like given me the ability to see a week into the future and suddenly like i have like <laughs> real keys of like survival like it, it i imagine for the people of pinewood roads like it is a cell it like helps them get through a tremendously difficult time I dig it. And the the fun thing is like barbecue itself is very alchemical mm-hmm. because it's like the, the brisket is like a ton of fucking fat for example. A lot of these things are like super high fat content, but it renders out the the intramuscular fat that like makes things so tender and juicy. So already this idea of like yeah, you leave it at 250 for fucking 12 hours and it comes out this beautiful gorgeous thing is already like alchemy. 
So the idea of it in our world having history in like, yeah, it's what you had to do. It was so cold during this era and the winds were so high and full of ice that you couldn't maybe get a flame big enough to like sear something. So you had to like build a shelter around a small fire that like you couldn't get anything past this heat, a flame higher than this. And so the all over, I feel like maybe all over the fucking world smoke and barbecue basically low and slow was a, was a was a method of just preserving food and also empowering people like literally and figuratively of like you know making delicious food during shit times is something that's like a time honored tradition for humans where it's like during struggle make something delicious boost up people's morale boost up people's hope what if you could actually give them like the power of fucking flight or fireball right, through it as like well right like that's cool as hell yeah like it it would it would incur like you know during this ice age in fantasy i imagine it's like if it's night like all the time and all of a sudden it's not cuz the nocturne's over but it's still fucking freezing cold all the time like that's a challenge if that's not what you're used to so having the ability to like go out and have some literally have the strength of food in your belly but also if we take it into a fantasy context have the strength to like you know pick up a car or like swing a imbue your axe with fire is fucking dope. And, like, it's really beneficial to your community to go out and, like, you know, chop a tree down in two seconds because all of a sudden you have giant strength. Yeah, I think that's a really cool, like, visual of, like, what it meant for, you know, the communities that existed along these, like, not quite pine barrens, but, like, these, like, piney, very pine-like regions, like, this, this where this tree, where this tree to this day is very kind of prosperous. It became this thing where, like, small tradition of like of people that like honor this by by making barbecue and and imbuing it with magic and like showing the things that you can do with it and kind of doing like what modern barbecue culture does which is going okay cool we have our established practices but what if i did it like this and and then going to like a cook-off and being like look i did i did a barbecue with this particular material or i used this kind of wood taste this and then you're like oh my god and now i'm also 20 feet tall that's amazing <laughs> Yeah, it it comes from a time of desperation and strife, but it also created, I, I mean, like, I like this idea of we're kind of uncovering, fantasy has this, op, we always call it optimistic fantasy. Yeah. And it comes from, like, you know, the, you said to me once that you wanted, like, the story of the five-jeweled crown to be like, this is why fantasy is so nice. Yeah. Because it's like, gods were real once, five people tried to provide for the entire planet, it was a mess and people learned to take care of each other and look out for each other. Mm -hmm. And that's a lovely thing that this is kind of another instance where it's like, it's why food is so fucking important in fantasy. It, it can in fact be like most food might be like having a, a magic. It, it does have a magical component because we've added in like that kind of, you know, tradition and experience type yeah. thing in, in parts of magic, but also literally in some cases, most food can have magic in it. And yeah. I feel like this is a lovely, this is like the origins of doing that was like when times were challenging and you needed strength of mind and body and maybe a little extra boost, why not, you know, smoke a trout? What it gets me excited about is food traditions are also magic traditions. Like it's not just my grandma's recipe for like barbecued tofu, for like smoked tofu. It's like a spell that my grandmother once put in there over time would get like 
you know, my parents changed it and then it's meant to me. The spell would then evolve and like what the effect on it is then evolved to like meet the needs of the time or just my own personal taste and wants. Mm-hmm. It's like such a dope fucking thing of like the evolution of spellcraft through food. I think it's it's beautiful. It really is like it is a, it is a very specific thing that like gets my in my motor revving and I'm so like into it of like there's real potential to kind of connect it back to some of the other long-standing traditions of all my fantasy children. Yeah, it's very true. And something that I want to talk about is the wood itself. Is that's oftentimes seen as like one of the most it's the most yeah. important part of barbecues like the So let's talk about pine wood roads pines what are they called what type of pine is it well first off i know i said it wasn't this but i'm gonna go back on my i i i I want it to be a pine baron yeah of course i want like little shrubby shrubby scrub pines yeah for reference go go google pine barons b-a-r-r-e-n-s by the way b-a-r-r-e-n-s barons (laughs) and google image it and you'll see these like wiggly wavy skinny dr seuss ass pines i say this with i say this with love having grown up in this region my entire life ugly ugly little trees yeah and like when the british come and back in the day and just take all the good useful pines to make ships they literally scorched and destroyed the ecosystem leaving behind this lovely thing that i love called the pine barrens where all like the scrubby poo-poo pines were left and all the beautiful like white cedars are few and far between but it's like my favorite place in the country these scrubby little pines i envision scrubby little wiggly it is it is a a south jersey aesthetic that is close to my heart yeah like i envision that like it is it is it is a region that is that is dense with these thick little scrub pines they're not much to look at they're not like these beautiful cedars that like you know have this twisting beautiful bark they're not much and like when you burn them the kind of it doesn't smell great it's like you know, it's very oily, like it's it's really moist and very unpleasant. They're not beautiful. They're just numerous. And that's where it came from. It came from like, y'all, this is what we fucking got. We're doing it. And yeah. but also in that way of like, I don't find it to be disgusting. I don't think this is gross because we have learned how to take something and make it delicious and use it to like it's almost like unlocking its hidden potential. And that's and that's a I mean that's a very AMFC thing, right? Like yeah. it's living it's living it's living in nature and living in the world and like everything has a purpose even the things that don't seem like they might like is a very beautiful thing. So these trees so they look like, you know, thin bendy Hold on, let me look up pine. So in the pine barrens by the way, uh the most common trees are jack pines, red pines, pitch pines. And scrub oaks and blackjack oaks, which are not like the most beautiful things in the world. But do we want to rename them or do you want to say it's called pitch pines? Pitch pines is good. I think I think that's fine. And I think they're called pitch pines in fantasy. And I don't know. I'm not going to read up if they're called that this. When you burn these pines in fantasy, when Pinewood Road burns these. They scream cre- at you. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> the, the, well, okay. Okay. So that's very interesting because when you do burn uh, softwoods, there's so much liquid in them that they do. They whistle like ee, the pressure and the, you Ooh, know, the moisture okay. being released does whistle. So I like the fact that it does release a high pitched like. You know, if you were didn't know any better, you'd square it's a scream. But also, it kind of releases like an oily black pitch, I think. And that's what real barbecue from as barbecue is so regionally specific and like real, you know, Kansas City barbecue, real Carolina barbecue, real Pinewood Road, Pinewood Road barbecue is known for, you know how good barbecue has that bark? Yeah. This is like a thin layer of crust that's caused, but that's from that pitch. 
it's like this black when that pitch burns onto a thing like it creates this real like dense crust and if you know what you're doing oh my god it's the most incredible texture crunchy it is you don't need to season it if you can do this it is almost you would swear it was breaded right oh, like you would swear it was fun. like it's like flaky almost like nice. you would swear that it was like a breaded thing and so like it gets that that crunch that crunch that crunch and it's just known for like oh wow you learned how to how to how to really use a pitch pine to add something special and i feel like what in pinewood road it was done the pitch is used kind of to encase the food and that's where the magic is securely placed inside yeah. the layer of pitch. I think that's cool. When you bite into it, when you cut through it, it's like, even if you don't even need to take a bite, I feel like it's something like it's just transferred to you when you cut through it. Yeah. You know? And oh God, I love this idea of magic in food and spell crafting. And, and I feel like even I would go so far as to say, do you want messages from, say, my spell is just a whispered secret? You know, it's just on the wind, a voice will come to you and say, like, you know, underneath the stone by the waterfall is my greatest treasure. If you cut into this, uh, you know, this carrot encased in this pitch, you hear it on the wind, even if that was like 300 years ago. Like that spell was made generations and generations ago. I love that. I really love that. I also love I, I do love the more literal magic stuff, but I think I think it is what I want to maybe it is maybe it is both at once is oh, what I want to throw out. This Ooh. idea that, like, you hear this whispered secret, and in those words, like, those words are words of power that, like, imbue you with, okay. like, the, yes. the, the thing. You know what I mean? Like it Yes, is a, I do. Like, that's kind of also maybe where Pitch Pine comes from. It's not just a script. Like, it, like, you might hear it as a script, as just, like, a random, like, but then, like, the person that is cutting into it hears, like go above and see all, see all as a bird would see it, and suddenly you can fly. Like, it is that thing oh. of, like, the person that is cutting into it or the person that is eating it, like, they hear that pitch in a much different way, whereas every, whereas otherwise you just kind of hear that crackling and whistling. So something that I don't think um, tabletop and fantasy in general gets into enough that I'd like to now, which we've never really talked about, is forms of magic. Like, they just call it magic, and, you know, something that I've always been really impressed by was whoever wrote Healing Word, that a nice, a word, hearing it can restore wounds. I was like, that is fascinating that I feel like is an underdeveloped concept of spells being passed on or learned by hearing them or effects being heard and, you know, uh, something happens. I kind of would love, Jeff, to really quickly ca like pivot into forms of magic and like unique ones that aren't like reading a scroll and memorization and incantation, because yeah. I love the idea of words and sound being something so indicative of like creating an effect like the the very gesture of saying like you know all is well now like you know be at peace stand once again and your your wounds are healed is fucking incredible just by hearing that is dope but something like you said like you know fly among the clouds as the birds do and woof you're off you go what are some other ways because my first idea is i'm looking at google images of the pine barrens and I'm seeing trailblazes. Now, if you're unfamiliar, when you go hiking and you're on a trail, trees are marked with little pieces of metal that are nailed to it or little paint paint swatches. And you follow that color through the trail until you're done. So you, as long as you see blue, keep following the blue trailblazes. Keep following the blue trailblazes. I always think when I'm hiking of people leaving spells behind. Like, little, mm. like in Dark Souls, how people leave messages on the ground. 
and like it has a little phrase to it, like danger ahead. Like what if you could pin something, paint something, a message that if you read it, touch it, have an experience with it, it grants you an ability that was maybe left behind generations, eons ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like little messages, little powers and abilities. Like, you know, because it's always in fantasy very dramatic. Like whoever pulls this sword is the now blah, blah, blah. But what if it were as simple as like, if you carve your initials into a tree, you know, someone did that eons ago and it says like, you know, Jake was here. And if you go and you touch it and you look at it, all of a sudden, like that ache that was in your tooth is healed. And then you know that Jake left a healing spell there for any passerby to kind of give them a nice warm greeting. I love it. I think that's all. I think that's cool as hell. Because we said magic is everything and everything is made up of it. It's this force that kind of powers all things. And in all things, it is present. Then it could be in the, the forms that it comes in are as wild as our imagination. Like we have food, we have word. Can you think of another one? Because I can't. <laughs> um, I'm thinking it through. I'm thinking I'm going to go food adjacent because I think like there's a there's a there's a there's an experience that I, I, I had recently that like was a tiny mundane little experience. But I think there's something magical. There's magic in it. Yeah. Um, which is not just food, but food pairing. Ooh, I like like I, I was I was I was having dinner and I was like I was looking at the beers that I had available and I was like, what am I going to have? with my food like what is going to be the thing like and it's similar like wine pairing is a similar thing cocktail pairing that act of like assembling and this kind of gets into to pull in some amfc lore uh ward from 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 truth yes yes yes, i think this is very much like that kind of magic but like it's it's an experience of like and and why it's magical and you can probably like map this to other activities the idea that like there are certain dishes that go well, certain dishes and drinks and things that go well together. Like you get something like like chocolate and red wine go well together. It, it, it's the, the act of curating that experience is a very powerful thing. And if you curate it in just the right way, you can get like astral plane divination okay. type magic of like taking literally, you know, they always say like food is always a phrase of like this transported me somewhere. Where does this food yeah. take you? I imagine, like, you can literally go to other planes of existence and okay, go through. Okay, that's and it's, sexy. And it's the idea that, like, it, like it can't, like, it can't just be like, oh, this goes really well with this dish. This is great, but it's like, okay, now you're having this. Now also try this at the same time, and like, you you eat it in a certain process, or like, this is <laughs> forgive this. I, my brain went to the most Jeff thing imaginable. I imagine <laughs> my brain went to mixtapes, but that's not quite like. And I think you could translate that to well, like we'll get there, we'll oh, get there, we'll get there. I think there. it's the same thing, right? Like it's the same, like okay, you've like, and I think like set lists and concert, right? Like uh, okay, you've heard this song and heard this thing, like okay, now hear this song, right? Like follow your emotions as you go to this next song. You know what I mean? Like that experience of like feeling how things intersect and feeling the the connections between things is, like, a powerful thing that, like, as you do it, as you practice it, as you hone it, you know, it, it for it, it pushes, you can push someone's consciousness into larger and larger places, and, you know, you can really, like, have this experience where the two of you, like, go on this journey together that is caused by finding the right, the right drink to pair with this food, the right side to pair with this entree, the right you know, the right temperature of water to really highlight the things that you're doing. 
if you listen to this song and then this song and you hear how the lyrics connect in this way and then I add in this other song which changes the tone of the previous two songs, like, over time, like, it is a very slow magic, right? Like, it is not a, it is not, it is a ritual that, like, takes time. And it takes time to make the food and to pair them and to cultivate this experience. And as you do that, like, at the end of it, you arrive at this sort of magical revelation. I love that very much. It's something that we talked about a lot. And it's crazy that we have so much in common with James's magic system in Skyjack's mm-hmm. land, where it's this idea of both of our worlds have this idea of tradition, tradition, love, and story create magic. Yeah. And like, God, it's, if there's anything that both of us have our, our, our hands in, it's definitely that. And it's exactly what you're saying, where there's this transportive quality of you know, the chef curating uh, a menu for you that that uh, all the flavors align that literally transports you. Is it the is it the magic in the food or is it the actual chef putting so much love and care into this act that it transports you? We don't know, but it's a little of both. Yeah. It's definitely both. And I, what I like about music, too, is something that's never rarely explained is bardic magic. The ability, the idea that hearing a song can change your physical abilities or can heal you or can hurt someone or fascinate them like they have an effect on the world and break the laws of fucking physics with magic is so awesome to me that like why not have like yeah this playlist if listened to if you finish this cd my sick demo tape i promise you'll be transported to another dimension and you'll see other planets and other timelines that could whether or not that's true or not Depends on the quality of the playlist. And the amount of effort and love and magic, therefore, because we described, I think, at Tia Matt, that, like, artistic expression, creativity, and effort, basically just effort and care creates magic, can create magical effect. This is, this is partially, like, this is an AMFC deep dives, but we're, it's, this is, this is a cool episode, because we're doing some deep dive stuff, but it's also not tied to, it's, this is cool. <laughs> I'm just getting excited. Yeah, it's what awesome. What I think it's, and, like, really, like, as far back as the show's, like, earliest episodes, like, I, like, I noticed this is something that we kind of, like, loosely pull from when we, when we, when we felt the merp. Oh, Was yeah. the idea that, like, crafting is magic, that, like, like you said, like, making something, and, like, the, the love and care that goes into creating a thing, like, is a magical... Yes. Yes. It, we, we had all, we've, we, we've very often taken that literally into saying, like, this object is magic, but, like, there is art and artistry and effort that goes into making trailblazes and making playlists and making yes. barbecue, and, like, these things also have magic, and I love the idea that the magic manifests in each of these different pieces of effort in very different ways that are also very strictly tied to the act of making that thing. It's it's something that we we jokingly say in real life a lot. When we see like art that blows our mind or hear like, you know, a ridiculous line on a piano, we're like, oh my God, this person's a wizard. This is like that is kind of what we're getting at here, where it's like, yes, there is literal magic in that. It's not the idea that a person's abilities and skill is heightened by this magic. It's that the very action of this high-level work or this level, even if it's not high-level in the way that we interpret it in our world, it's the level of care and love that's put into a craft, a skill, a recipe, empowers something and makes it magical and can, can, not always, can create magical effects. Is so fucking sick because it blurs the line of like, 
every action with done with an intention is magical, inherently magical. And that can be something scary. It can be something cool. It can be, you know, it's it's such a neat thing for, you know, future actions of any kind that are taken in our world. Because if they're done with enough intention and enough love or enough, you know, anger or whatever, an emotion or something pulled from you, it becomes magical, which is sick as fuck. And I, I, I there's a thing that I really want to, there's a thread, there's a thread that I really want to pull on before we wrap up. Because, like, we're thinking about this and... Uh, a thing popped into my head that I really kind of want to, like, pull at. I want to jump a little bit into the future of fantasy. I want to jump a little bit into the, not necessarily the full magicless future, but a little bit further in the future than we traditionally talk about, like, the mm. quote-unquote present of fantasy. Yeah, like the, the the present, the modern, everything's nice, everyone's, you know, happy. few generations into that future. Because we yeah. have talked a lot about a particular thing that I want to know. What I want to, like, poke at, and I, I haven't fully grasped what it is yet, but in the future, professional wrestling becomes, like, an act of... Like, we had said, like, it is it is an art form that forms where people are using magic and, like, using it to tell those stories and do the wrestling things. What happens when that activity stops being a thing that uses magic and when the, the art form of performing in that wrestling space becomes magical in its own right? Like, like... Yes. Like what does what what magic do you conjure by by pretending to fight one another? And in doing that, it maybe it radiates outward, and the effect that it has on people and the passion they have for the art form. Like you know, wrestling fans are some of the most devout on the planet for anything. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's this ravenous passion for this art form of you know stage fucking combat at like a crazy high level. That there radiates outward. And like it would make going to a wrestling event, that magic that you do feel in the air from seeing mm-hmm. one, it would make it literal. And like people are very much at their best, perhaps, when they're it's, at a wrestling It's bardic match. inspiration, it, which is sick as hell. Yes. Which is sick as hell. Yes. Like that idea of like, is that true to true to the wrestling that I love, which is 30 people in a 30 people in a warehouse in Williamstown, New Jersey. I love this idea that, like, it is a thing that you can experience. Imagine you are a a group of travelers, like, at the end of a long and difficult journey. And, like, you know, like, this is a... I'm picturing, like, you are going to complete, like, a massive quest, right? And, like, you have to, like, pass through this incredibly dangerous place and you're in the final step of your journey. And tomorrow is the day that you go and you face your destiny and, like, you don't know if you'll make it. And the day Mm. beforehand... The night before, you're in your camp, and two of the people in your party, like, put on a wrestling match for you. And, like, they stage oh, that's it. fun. They stage it, and they, they act it out, and they do the stunts and the artistry and the acrobatics. And, like, that feeling, like, it motivates you because you just watched a beautiful, a beautiful artistic thing, and you watched two people have a lot of fun, and you got into it. But also there's like a literal magic to it of like suddenly you're healed, you are motivated, you are powerful. Like that sense of I have become something like I have changed because like and it's and it's literally it does not have to be at a giant stadium. It does not have to be at a a, a thing. It just kind of has to be two people put on a show for you and you you see that happen and you you watch it and you share that moment together and that energy infuses into you and it is a very kind of healing inspiration 
motivation magic that like strengthens you maybe not physically but like emotionally pulling on like fantasy and tabletop that like it is not as often represented the like the emotional strain of it all you know what i mean no never it is never done and like the the idea the need for it's something that i i like to get to a lot when i'm talking about any game that i'm playing that involves violence where it's hey you just committed your first act of violence how do you feel about that yeah how did it feel to do that and how did it feel afterward and like what healing is need to be done is needed to be done after battle that's not just fucking restoring hp you know and and i think that that kind of extends to like other like performance arts right like 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 song and acting and these things like that that sort of performance like motive in the way that in the very way that it does in the real world like give like move you emotionally and this like physically like brings like strength and like it's it's very cool it's a very cool like like magic of like a magic of performance and like this idea from top to bottom is very cool it is it's something that we've been getting to a lot we're like oh bards are magic wrestlers are basically like performance artists and therefore that's bardic energy radiating outward from them it lifts up an entire stadium you're at your most powerful when you're at any kind of performance you know you're basically being inspired by bardic magic this is just sick as a whole and then that kind of tradition transforms into food where you can make people feel their best give them an ability do something that basically what we're getting at is lifts people mm-hmm. up and you're passing that good to others is done through this tradition of barbecue as well this you know it's very time consuming it's very technique driven there's literal magic in that and it's it's something wonderful that I'm glad we're kind of just like slamming down and stopping being subtle about Mm -hmm. where it's like the idea of doing something for others has a magical effect literal and figurative that i fucks with so much our world is sick the magic of fantasy like the magic of fantasy no but i mean like how magic works in our world is kind of being realized in a way that's like rooted in the mythology which makes me very fucking happy can i throw out one final uh thing to bring us full circle uh, to discuss that's one final piece of like ma- a final magical tradition. Of course, if you take a pitch pine tree and you 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 turn it into boards of wood and you build a tiny person sized car out of that wood, <laughs> and yes, and you build a tiny you build like a tiny one person vessel. I want to clarify that unlike the Pinewood Derbies that I've seen on television, children are not in these. These are for adults. This is an adult activity. <laughs> Pinewood Derbies are an adult activity. <laughs> All My Fantasy Children is not responsible for any injuries sustained by your children in a Pinewood Derby, uh, a la fantasy style. Uh, well, Thank I you. specified this because like, I started to describe the ritual and was like, if you do this to a child, you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> you, you build this car and you sit in this car and you roll it down a hill. And you visualize a very specific place. Does not matter where it is in the world. If your car is built with care and it is sturdy and it is durable and it is built like, you know, again, it takes time and effort and love and expertise and research. Yeah, you can't just chop down a fucking pine tree and turn it into a car and it transports you anywhere. On the but I picture like, 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 yeah, like, like if you if you if you capture the magic of it and you roll it down a hill and you visualize a place you can get there it might not be easy right like it might not be an easy trip but like the world is opened up to you if you are riding down a hill in a pine wood box car that is awesome 
I love it. I, very just, much. I, 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 lo- I, I was thinking about <laughs> thinking about I was thinking about the thing that you said that really made me laugh, which was that like you're right that every sitcom parent like knows oh, how yeah. to fucking build a car build one yeah it's, it's madness the <laughs> idea of being like yeah hold on i just gotta get the axle working so that the wheels spin like what <laughs> like, where did this come from <laughs> holy shit like you're amazing but also what the where the fuck was this in the vault of knowledge yep where did this come from <laughs> an idea that like this is a, like this skill right to really build a car and to paint it and to give it maybe that's even part of it that like Maybe that's even part of it, like getting at the the, the the idea that like the car is like decorated with your own. Yo, that's what makes that's what gives it the magic. It's 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 part building the car, but also making it yours. I think like maybe it's like it's like you painted a little bit like you painted a little bit like with what like your emotional experience is like being where you're going. Right. Like you 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 infuse that journey. You infuse that journey into your vehicle and you you paint it like with you and it's not just uh like painting it like in a style it's it's painting it in a style that is you because you are going to be the one in this little tiny one person vehicle you're making the journey i feel like it's it's a very it's almost a solitary trip where like if i was in the passenger seat and you were like all right we would roll down the hill and then my ass would just be on like the the road but you would be gone in the car because it was for you to go and you alone not me that car was for you yeah i think it's sick it's a two-way trip and then the car falls apart, as it always does at every end of every sitcom. But you have to do it alone because you built that magic applies to your personal journey. And if it if, if it happens, the stars align. It's the exact journey as the person with you. You know, lucky you. But that's rare and few and far between. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Is that a wrap? I on- think it's a wrap. Thanks, Ace the Ace. You helped us develop the magic of fantasy. The magic of fantasy. I just have to say it from <laughs> now on. But if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own. So we can develop our world using your brilliant ideas and submissions. There's a lot of ways you can do it. Jeff, can you share them? You can uh, tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord, join our discord community and share them in the prompt submission channel. Dang right. Um, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. It's home to a plethora of sick shows. Sick people, sick shows, and sick, sick people. people. No, but <laughs> sick people. No, they're actually doing very well. They're all very happy and healthy. Um, and there are some amazing shows. There's some amazing creators, like a horror borealis. It's 1996. Cell phones are fantasy. Jinko jeans are in style, and there are monsters in the American wild. In the town of Revenant, Alaska, just north of the Arctic Circle and just south of the nation's most untamed national park, three women from wildly different walks of life must come together in the face of monstrous beasts, unsavory politicians, and their own dangerous secrets in order to unite their community and discover the truth about a magic that just might save them all. Let's play Monsters of the Week. It is a sick Monsters of the Week actual play with some past guests like Alex Flanagan, Addison Peacock, Tim Warner, Andrew Guetta. It's a great show. You should be listening to it. Uh, I love a horror borealis. I love the people involved. Please go listen to their show. If you like our work and you like our tone, you've never had the pleasure of listening to their work. Go check it out immediately right now. What are you still? And doing? if you're looking for an entryway into the series, I recommend the mini series that they put together, "Losers: A Love Story," which is a retelling of Stephen King's "It" using Monster of the Week and the supplement "Back to Dairy" by Christine Previs. Um, it is a, if it, like, it is a familiar story. It is the story of it. And it is, it is told with care and love by a, by a, a group that really wants to do that story better. So like, 
if that is a thing that you are familiar with, and I know that is a very popular work. Like, it is a good entryway into the kind of stories that they tell and the way that they tell them and, like, their group dynamics. It is a wonderful thing that I highly recommend you check out. Boom. Jeff has a second podcast. Why Why are you not listening to it right now? What You should have both up at the same time running simultaneously. It, fun fact, if you do that, you actually get the secret message. It's actually the only way to unlock the true ending. I didn't want to, like, tell anybody this, but, like, that is a yeah. speedrun strat that you should be you should be doing. Why are you not 100%ing AMFC and Party of One? You really should be. Uh, Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Monday at partyofonepodcast.com. Oh, uh, do you have a verbal hug this week? The things that you make are magic. Whether you are whether you are hiking, or cooking, or writing, or telling stories, or shitposting on Twitter, or whatever you're doing, like, there is a magic to that. The world is is changed by the things that you make. Carry that responsibility with the weight that it deserves, but also celebrate that for the, the achievement and the triumph that it is. Dang, that is a yes, yes and yes. Um, and it comes from this like, you know, we're all, a lot of us anyway, have projects that we're working on and things like that. Remember that just the act of making it has inherent power. You know, there is a an element of defiance. There's an element of element of creation, and it's it's just a wonderful thing. And don't lose sight of that um, while you're doing it. Just keep going, keep making things because there is magic in that. You're a literal fucking wizard, yeah. and that's a dope thing just by making things. So keep keep on going, keep on making stuff, people. Keep on cooking for people. Hell yeah. Um, is that all we do on this podcast? That's about it. So until next time, good night and, and good, good game. game. It is the day of the Pageant of Iron, the annual play that retells the events of the Battle of Iron Hill. We see Big Jeremy in a large green room surrounded by the cast. Dozens of children dressed as Knights of Dragon and Arthur's Heradric Order. All right, everyone, listen up. It is the night of the show. And first, let me say how proud I am of all of you. The Pageant of Iron is such an important event to so many people. Many of us, as you know, have a hard time remembering those days, and good or bad, you keep those memories alive, and we thank you for that. Now, I can see all of your eyes locked on this tray of seeds, so let me hand these out and I'll tell you why they're important. I, of course, never performed in a pageant of iron when I was your age, but what I did do was play softball. Now, I loved the sport, but the thing I struggled with most was nerves. Whenever it was my turn to step into the batter's box, I would hear the roar of the crowd, see the opposing team eyeing me down, feel the weight of my team relying on me, and just lock up, frozen. Couldn't do a thing. That is until I heard the words of my father. He was one of those people who always knew exactly what you needed to hear. Now, he wasn't shouting over the crowd to reach me. He didn't have to. All I had to do was chomp one of these sunflower seeds, and his words would cut through all that noise, clear as a bell. Before every one of my games, my father would wake up early 
pull sunflower seeds from his absolutely massive sunflowers and roast them up just for me. The spell he crafted into those seeds was for finding the exact words I needed to hear to feel better. Ease my nerves. (laughs) How nice. Now these seeds, these seeds are for all of you. And yes, I did make them. So keep a few in your pocket. If you're out there in the wings, heck, even on stage, and you feel the grip of fear or uncertainty take hold, forget a line or a stage direction, whatever, chomp some of these and I'll be there for you, just like my father was for me. Now, it is tradition that whoever is playing me, you take all these baggies and hand them out to the rest of the cast. And yes, <laughs> afterward, we will play Zip Zap Zop. I'm not sure if we have time for Werewolf, though, but you never know. And if I'm feeling generous, we may just hold the curtain for a game or two. <laughs> Ahem. Mr. B-Sharp, there is no eating or drinking in costume, please. Yes, the seeds are an exception, but that is chocolate pudding. Put it down. Everybody gather around. One baggie each, one baggie each. 